Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Spiritually Curious and I am your host, colleague Thomas. Today we'll be talking about the satisfaction of God, the emotional well-being of God. Does it take good deeds to make God satisfied and is that even necessary? Do good deeds equal good circumstances in life and do performing deeds that are not acceptable by God equal unfavorable circumstances in life? You know, religion gives us the idea that God can experience a full range of emotions. God becomes joyful due to the good deeds of mankind that bring God satisfaction. Religion also tells us that God becomes dissatisfied due to our actions God does not approve of. Good deeds not only satisfy God, but they also give blessings to those that commit them while Inappropriate deeds, those that are unpleasing to God, keep us away from blessings. But is this true? Is God watching over us, taking count of all our deeds, our daily activities and categorizing them as either satisfactory or inadequate? Does God bless some and keep blessings from others based on their willingness to do good deeds that are satisfying to God? Is it the duty of mankind to fulfill God's requirement of divine satisfaction in order to ensure favorable circumstances in our personal lives and in the world as a whole, throughout all all humanity, for everyone? Is it even possible for us to cause God to be disappointed Is it possible to cause God to be unsatisfied or is it possible to cause God to be joyful? This is what we're going to discuss. I think this is the wrong way to think about God. What does it mean for God to be in a state of joy due to the good deeds of mankind? What does that mean? What does it mean for God to be in a state of unpleasantness? due to the sins of mankind? Well, it means the possibility for God's divine state of pleasure, satisfaction, fulfillment, or the absence of any of these states can be given to or withheld from God arbitrarily according to the activities of man. This idea suggests that God is not in control of God's own emotional state, seeing that God can be carried away by a multitude of emotional possibilities as God observes, interprets, and responds to human activity in the world. But where did this idea come from that one must satisfy God through good acts in order to be blessed by God? Well, ancient religious practices believe that appeasing the gods was necessary in order to receive what you needed. A blessing from the gods was based on the quality of your service to the gods. If you wanted a change in your circumstances, um, if you want a protection from your enemies, 
uh, love, good conditions for your crops, the continuance of favorable circumstances, all that required the satisfaction of the gods. If the gods were unhappy, you would be unhappy. Your life would be full of unfavorable circumstances. But if the gods were taken care of and made to be satisfied by the worshiper, then things would be good for you and your life would be full of favorable circumstances. This is what the belief was. But similar to these ancient religious practices that focused on the satisfaction of the gods in order to get what you wanted, modern religious understanding holds the belief that God's continued state of pleasure and satisfaction is mankind's responsibility to uphold. We have commandments, rules, doctrines, traditions, and religious practices that inform us on what it takes to satisfy God through acts of religious service and the activity of living a God-honoring life. We are told if God is pleased with us, we will, for the most part, encounter pleasant life experiences and a greater quality of life. However, if God is disappointed, unpleased, dissatisfied, or angry with us, it is due to the unsatisfactory unpleasant and disappointing manner in which we live our lives. And for the most part, this is the reason why we encounter unfavorable circumstances in a lower quality of life. It is said that the anger or the wrath of God occurs when fulfilling human lust becomes more important than cultivating the satisfaction of God. God's blessings and good fortune are reserved for those that are dedicated to the upkeep of God's divine satisfaction rather than those that are indifferent to God's satisfaction. So we have come to understand the one that satisfies God at a particular time is the one that is blessed at a particular time. The one God is unhappy with at a particular time is understood to be the one that is more likely to encounter misfortunes at a particular time in their lives due to the neglected maintenance of God's satisfaction, God's emotional well-being. It is said that the prescription to a good life is to be faithful to God and you will be blessed. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Does that everyone literally mean everyone or just the faithful? Can Satan ask and receive from God search and find or knocking God open the door? I would say no, because these circumstances are reserved for those dedicated to the honor and glorification of God. Those that love God and work to maintain in God a state of holy satisfaction. The belief is that God blesses, protects, leads and flourishes those invested in the emotional well-being of God. Therefore, in an attempt to satisfy God and experience the best 
God has to offer. Religion instructs us to live a life that brings God satisfaction. We are to think and live in such a way that what we do fulfills a need of God's, which is the peace, love and progression of the human race. Good deeds being committed, people loving and helping each other. This is what God needs. Our contribution to achieving that goal determines our reward, both on earth and in the afterlife. When we do this, we will search and find, ask and receive and knock. So doors of opportunity will be open. This is the exchange. The problem with this way of thinking occurs when those that do not have the slightest interest in satisfying God still prosper. Instead of investing in the emotional well-being of God, they invest in the satisfaction of themselves. They don't follow a religious code of conduct that demands a life pleasing and acceptable to God. They live a life that is focused on self-glorification disregarding God's need for pleasing deeds. They don't see the need of asking, seeking, or knocking when they can simply take what they want. How do they have what others that live to ensure the joy of God lack? Now, you can share religious platitudes in response to this question and say that The treasures of heaven are greater than the treasures of earth, but it's not a matter of greater or lesser treasures. The issue here is that the one dedicated to the emotional well-being of God by committing good deeds that are said to be delightful to God is not promised what they seek. And the knocking does not always equate to an answered door. So those working to give God what religion instructs them that this is what God wants. Give exactly that and many times lack the resources that the non-religious have in abundance. What's the problem here? If they give what is explicitly told to them by religion, what God needs, what God wants, what God desires, why do they not receive in order to do the work of God that will ensure the continued satisfaction of God. This gives us something to think about and some questions to really consider, which we will continue on discussing and exploring in part two. Thank you for joining us on part one. See you again next week for part two of this discussion. Thank you.